everyone, and welcome to Utility Safety In-Depth, where we take a deeper dive into topics recently covered in Incident Prevention Magazine. I'm Kate Wade, the editor of Incident Prevention and your host for this podcast. In this episode, we sit down with Krista Fairchild, who wrote the article titled Advancing Workforce Skills Using Simulation-Based Training for the October-November issue of Incident Prevention. Krista is the Construction Division Product Marketing Manager for CM Labs Simulations. Also with us today is Alan Limoges, one of Krista's colleagues, who is a Construction Division Product Manager for CM Labs. Good morning to both of you and welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for being here. So before we jump right in, um, can you guys briefly describe to our listeners what products and services CM Labs offers? Of course. So um, thanks again, Kate, for having us. The company is a simulation training uh, expert in equipment training for heavy equipment. And we have a couple of different types of services. One of them is our off-the-shelf simulation training packs and our Vortex simulators, which uh, are most of the topic of today's conversation for construction ports and forestry. We also have uh, partnerships with equipment manufacturers to replicate their equipment in our platform software. And we have custom services for companies who wanna do specific training equipment. And we also license our Vortex uh, simulation uh, software for doing digital twin or human in the loop design with manufacturers for that physical simulations. Wonderful. So those are our services, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, so one of the things that we talk about in the article and one of the things that's going on right now in the electric utility industry is a shortage of workers due to a combination of retirements and hiring struggles. And in the article, Krista, you quote a 2020 U.S. Energy and Employment Report, which states that, quote, lack of experience, training, or technical skills were again cited as the top reasons for hiring difficulty by employers across all five surveyed sectors. The need for technical training and certifications was also frequently cited, implying the need for expanded investments in workforce training and closer coordination between employers and the workforce training system, unquote. Can you and Alan explain how equipment simulators can help address these kind of issues? For sure. Um, so the main thing that that helps address these issues is something that CM Labs offers, and it's called smart training technology. So what smart training technology is is effectively it's it's what makes the CM Labs simulator special. So um, as you said, there's a lot of uh, there's lack of experience, training, technical skills, um, and what simulators can do is you can prepare you know trainees with risky situations on the simulator that can't easily be replicated in the real world. Um, and so you can give people this experience kind of at a low cost of entry. So you don't need to, you know, get the actual machine out there, use fuel, um, you know, use trainees time. You can have someone pretty autonomously on the simulator, um, getting that experience and control familiarization and confidence building, um, you know, kind of at a low investment, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're noticing, actually, I, I was just having an interview with someone in the crane industry, and they're saying they used to have people who needed to come in um, just to be able to get trained. You needed 400 hours of crane experience, just so, you know, being on the work site and things like that. Yeah. And now due to the, you know, later labor shortage, they kind of scrapped that requirement and you can come in off the street with zero hours. And they're finding that 
you know, these people with zero hours of experience, they have no idea what the crane industry is about mm -hmm. and they're using simulators to actually get that familiarization and get that confidence and actually to kind of filter out the people who it, it might not be for them in the first place. And so you can sort of counterbalance this lack of experience and technical skills that we're seeing, um, like you mentioned in that quote, with simulators um, to kind of get them to a level that you're looking for before you get them on the real equipment. Gotcha. Well, so one thing that I'm curious about is how your simulation software is designed. It looks like you guys offer training simulators for the construction ports and forestry sectors. So how do you go about working with subject matter experts in those industries to ensure the accuracy of your software? Right. And that's like the bread and butter of CM Labs is getting that, that accuracy. That's what we pride ourselves on. Um, one thing that you'll see, you know, when you, when you talk to anyone at CM Labs, you, uh, you, you invariably hear the word physics and you hear the word, you know, true to life. And this is something that, that the entire company is obsessed with. And, and to get there, like you say, we work with subject matter experts. So let's say we're building a new piece of equipment and we're going to, you know, simulate a new type of equipment. Uh, on occasion, we work with the OEMs themselves. Mm -hmm. So we'll get the actual machine data on suspension, transmission, engine performance, gear ratios, torque curves, all this sort of nerdy stuff um, <laughs> that in the back end that we really fine tune the machine to have the exact parameters that the real machine has. <laughs> Even things like the tire pressure. This is the type of stuff that that only CM Labs really has in the back end, and, and it all comes out in the wash, right? So when you put these performance sort of metrics in the back end, mm -hmm. when you hop on the simulator, it feels like it would, um, as you'd expect. And there's no sort of gamification. We don't like hard code anything. It, it just works because we have the right values. Um, when we're making a new product also, before we even make you know, before we even start coding it or anything like that, we talk to customers and members of the industry to really understand the equipment, its use cases, maybe mm -hmm. common accidents that occur, uh, different workflows, the certifications around that. That way we can build the pedagogy to make it, you know, actually very useful for, for the people who end up using the simulator. So we try to accomplish as many, you know, what we call learning outcomes mm -hmm. in uh, a given amount of exercises. So that way, as someone who, you know, who doesn't know anything and gets on the simulator by the end of, you know, let's say there's eight exercises by the end of running through the eight exercises, they're competent. And, you know, according to most certifications, they're, they've accomplished, you know, the, the given learning outcomes. So, you know, working with the OEMs, we also have subject matter experts that work for CM labs. So we have people who have, you know, real in-depth, um, you know, construction and port experience. And we turn to them all the time and, and they grill us. <laughs> they make sure that the, uh, the machine sounds right, the motion seat feels right, the exercises make sense. And it's good because we love being grilled because it makes the product better and it makes it so, um, you know, the simulation is true to life. 
we have, I'm just going to jump in here, Alan, and we were talking about our subject matter experts, the vibration and the movement of the seat, as well as the audio cues that are in the system, not just from the noises and honks and horns, but also how the engine responds. Uh, one of our, our SMEs, he can actually sit on the simulator and know exactly what the simulator is doing based on the engine sounds. So, you know, this kind of granularity is really important to making sure we're really top of our class in terms of content. Well, so let's talk about skeptics for a minute, because I'm sure that you run into skeptics now and again, who believe that the simulator training can't take the place of on the job training using the actual equipment. How do you respond to, to those skeptics? Well, in a, in a certain way, they're right that the the simulators aren't designed to replace on the job training. It's designed to be the bridge between both, right? The training wheels before driving the real thing. Mm -hmm. um, so the simulator is, is here to build confidence, um, give that controls familiarization and really bring people to a state that they would never have accomplished, you know, just through like PowerPoint slides and, and just walking around the machine and things like that. The simulators are an amazing tool and we have case studies on our website if you'd like to check them out. Case studies of, of our customers who have used the simulators um, before you know the trainees actually get on the real machine and they see a night and day difference. We've had people who used to have to train on the real machine for um, say that these aren't real numbers but say uh, a week and it's been cut down by a crazy percentage. So now they only have to train on the real machine for a couple of days only. Um, yeah. And it's it's really something that's fascinating. Whenever I, I, and I've encountered skeptics before. So whenever we go to a trade show, you know, every once in a while you get someone who's, oh, you know, this is not going to be good. They get on the machine, they're a bit crabby. Mm -hmm. The moment they sit on the machine and they start operating, it's crazy. You see their eyes light up. It's it's like Christmas morning for them, and it's actually it's and it happens time and time again, yeah. and um, really. So what I say to the skeptics of simulation is is come and try CM Lab Simulator, um, and you'll you'll know you'll know right away. Most of our biggest skeptics become our our biggest evangelists in their companies. Usually, the the grizzly, well experienced guys um, tend to to really complain and then you can't get them, you cannot get them the simulators <laughs> that's awesome yeah it's a nice um, story to hear well so let's talk about cost for a minute since that is one thing that you mentioned in your article krista um obviously working on a simulator saves you know the fuel and maintenance costs of not being able to uh use an actual piece of equipment, but some companies are still going to wonder whether or not they want to invest their dollars in simulators. Mm -hmm. So how do you present that business case for simulators to those customers who aren't sure whether they want to mm -hmm. move forward? Well, I have a lot of points. <laughs> okay. Let's but, hear them. Uh, if, if, uh, if anyone really wants to delve into it, um, you know, please connect with us. We actually use an ROI calculator during uh, the account management process to really get our potential customers really understand the trade-off value of real machinery 
and simulators. But of course, it's not just um, the cost of purchasing or not purchasing, but the time you have to factor off for the machines and the team members uh, who are not working on actual contracts. You have to factor in the insurance for that unknown capability and risk of injury that a novice operator might have on the field. Um, the wear and tear on the machine will be, of course, worse. Um, Alan already talked about the fuel savings. I just pulled a quote from one of our case studies. Um, they factored in, I think, about at the time that this was done, of course, fuel has gone up in price. That was $16,000 a week in fuel costs when they, instead of using the actual equipment, um, if they use simulators, they were saving $16,000 a week for their courses. And that one week they could do in 12 hours on a simulator the same amount of learning outcome. So it's a, it's a much faster learning curve as well. Um, when you have motion at muscle memory, excuse me, and actual physical experiential training, oftentimes, you know, your visual literacy, that ability to recognize things in the work field is heightened. A classroom would not be able to prep you for that. I've heard customers call their simulators an expansion of their fleet. In other words, I don't have to take something off the job site in order to train somebody. Um, when there's downtime between shifts, inclement weather, you can get on a simulator and continue training and practicing your maneuvers. Uh, you can use it in a mobile training center or actually take it to a job fair. Um, in fact, uh, you know, I think, Alan, uh, you were talking about uh, calculating and optimizing cycle times. Uh, did you want to just quickly jump in and sort of mention a bit about some of the tech and training uh, things you can do with the simulator? For sure. So with CM Labs, the thing about, you know, once again, not to sound like a broken record, but to have this this powerful physics engine that runs our CM Lab simulators and, and it's a proprietary engine um, that you can only get with CM Labs. What it does, what it enables you to do is to have you know, very interesting metrics, stuff that we calculate at every frame of the simulation. So um, one of these metrics that we're always uh, monitoring is cycle time. And so let's say you're an excavator operator and you have a cycle time of filling a truck every three minutes. You hop on the simulator, you can shave off, let's say 15 seconds. So it's two minutes, 45 seconds of your cycle time. Knowing this, you as like a business, you can look at the cycle times of your operators in the simulator and use that to make better predictions, you know, when you're applying for job or sorry, um, when you're really trying to vie for jobs and you can predict the amount of man hours that it'll require to complete this job. Mm -hmm. So you get some powerful data to actually support your real world business um, just as a consequence of using the simulators. Another cool thing that we're doing is grade control. And so We've just released uh, Trimble GPS support for the motor grader and dozer, and it's also available on the excavator. And so you can actually use a real Trimble tablet, the real Trimble software in conjunction with a CM Lab simulator um, to get that familiarization uh, with these new GPS technologies that are, of course, emerging in the construction um, sphere. And so you can use this latest tech with CM Lab simulators we're, we're pushing the envelope, we're, we're staying, um, you know, with the times. And you can use that to, to really nail down on a new kind of learning outcome for your trainees and show them GPS before they actually get in the field. 
Yeah, actually, Alan and another colleague of ours are presenting uh, the work training for the work sites of tomorrow at BOMA on October 24th at four o'clock. I think they'll have a live they'll do some recordings that we can make available where we really talk about how simulators can bring you to the next level, really start to be the cornerstone of your operations and recruitment. And of course, you know, um, this is a great tool for recruiting. As I said, it can be mobile, on the road at job fairs, which now, you know, we're reaching younger, uh, not even before they get out of school. A lot of the high schools are doing job fairs and introducing them to the next level. And of course, because of the way the sure grips and such are very similar to what kids are used to doing with their entertainment systems, it's a very easy uh segue i guess for them for learning it's a it's a kind of a space that they're already familiar with it's great for benchmarking i even have a customer who tells me that they use their simulators to do salary reviews where someone might come in and you know they're actually much better than they thought and they'll actually boost their salary um, and these are all parts of that culture of getting the next step to be the competitor that you want to um be working for who's got a, a great corporate culture who has you know who understands the value of training i think ibm did a study where they said 90 percent of organizations a do not have the skills they need to be successful but that new employees were 42 percent more likely to stay when receiving ongoing training and training to do the job properly so this is all really part of that retention program that uh, Companies not only need to recruit, but they need to keep their, their teams happy. It's a great tool for anyone who's had a long absence, maybe through injury or maternity, paternity leave. It boosts confidence because, of course, you're familiarizing yourself with the controls and the size and how the, the machine behaves even before you get on the field. Uh, we talked about objective training. We talked about how you can test out scenarios that are high risk, like in utilities, you know, you don't want to be touching cables or live wires, but in a simulator, you can create situations that put the trainee under stress, that they react and learn how to react under stress that would ultimately result in a in potentially a very serious injury that you can do safely and address and pinpoint the issues on the simulator itself without ever having to touch a piece of machinery. And it's good for novice um, and experienced operators. Uh, it's not just for people starting out and it's great mm -hmm. for reporting. I, I mean, I've, I've gone through a bunch here. I hope I didn't overwhelm you, but we recognize that it, it's really a tool that can be used in various scenarios, depending on the requirements of the company. I actually really appreciate all of the explanation um, and, and this is that is really the kind of stuff that I want to get into um, on these podcasts. Um, but, you know, we've talked a lot about people being trained on the simulators, but I also want to talk for a second about the people leading the training. What kind of benefits do simulators mm -hmm. offer to those trainers? Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll take that question. Um, well, first of all, you can teach a classroom. You cannot teach a classroom in your excavators. Uh, so the operator ratio to trainings is higher. Uh, it's a better ratio and it's more time with all of your trainees. If you have an issue, you can do a group learning experience using, you know, experience somebody had. Of course, it's objective support reporting for the trainer. So, you know, 
no matter what the day is, the class will always, you know, the outcome of the exams will always be consistent. Uh, the trainers can track progress over time. They can identify areas that need to be worked on, such as, you know, if you're hitting a lot of cones during the test, you know, chances are you're going to be doing excessive wear and tear on the equipment. If you are putting your foot to the pedal all the time, you know that the, the fuel consumption is going to be much higher. Uh, all these little points which are tracked by the reporting functionalities are, are all tools for the trainer to spend more time with the student. Imagine trying to get that granular with a student while you're shouting from the, <laughs> the job site up into the cab. Uh, we've heard some rather nightmare stories from early uh, training where it's, you know, it's a uh, trial by fire. You made a mistake and you find out always the hard way. It must be very nerve wracking. Um, but of course, one of the big points, whenever we talk to trainers and people who support the training uh, side of things, the big reward for them is watching the progress and it's a much more intimate way to train a, a trainee when you just tap them on the shoulder and say you didn't look over to your rearview mirror these are things that are almost impossible to do in the cabinet and most importantly it makes it safer for instructors mm -hmm. who are in the field who are maybe training multiple uh, trainees uh, at the same time it's just the factors go up um, and we've heard many times that it just eases their mind on a number of levels so that when they get into the field, they know their team is much better trained. Yeah, and I was actually just traveling to the to the US and I was at the customer site and I had the opportunity to watch, you know, how training went down. Uh, they just bought some new simulators. So I got to, to sit down and watch how they use them. And it was really fascinating. Um, one thing that the instructors really found valuable as well with the simulators is that they use the simulators, of course, during training, but then when they move to the real machine, basically they'd have, let's say two or three real machines to, to practice on, but they would have 10 to 15 students on a on, you know, regularly. And usually those extra students that were on real machines and maybe just sit there, study, be on their phone, you know, look at the old PowerPoint slides or something. And there'd be a lot of downtime. Now with the simulators, while some students are on the real machines, the other students sort of loop back onto the simulators and there's no downtime. So, and then they basically swap um, throughout the day. So there'll be a batch of three on the real machine and then the rest are on simulators. And then you, after every, let's say two hours, they rotate. Mm -hmm. And this way, the instructors found that the students at the end of the training feel like they got maybe their money's worth more. The businesses that are purchasing training for their trainees feel like they're getting a better value for their money and not just paying for, you know, their trainees to sit on their phones. Mm -hmm. So it's actually kind of, there's an interesting like ROI element to it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, for these maybe sort of smaller enterprises where the trainers are also the, the owners of the business, which we find, you know, happens more often. Um, there is a bit of an ROI element to that that does benefit the trainer. Yeah, right. And and so, you know, the trainer is there, but it's self-directed learning. The student can continue on at the pace that they want to. And, you know, these these courses that the exercises that we offer are not short. They're long enough to also work on not just your skill sets, but also your focus. You know, we that's something else that we need to to learn is more of the soft skills. So this self-directed learning is great for for the trainers so that they can 
you know, migrate between the students as they need. And they're not, the students are not held back. You know, they can continue with their training if they want to. Well, so I think we've talked about a lot today, and this has been really, really great information. Um, before we close out this episode, do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with our listeners? The first one that comes to mind is if you are at BOMA, absolutely come check out our booth. And, and I think Krista will, will give some info on where to find us later. Um, another thing that we're, we're really looking forward to in the future is really taking the data that I talked about earlier with the metrics and, and you know, the, with the physics that enables us to do such things to really take that up to the next level. So if you, uh, if you're into, you know, analytics and really optimizing your training program, um, you'll find that intriguing. So definitely keep an eye out for that in the future uh, at CM Labs. Is there anything else, Krista, that you're excited about? I, I was just, well, uh, of course, this, you know, you know BOMA's coming up for us. So we're, we're very excited about that. And, and, and like Alan said, we do have some sneak previews of some of our, of our uh, new simulator training packs and the telehandler and the articulated dump truck will, will be shown there. Um, we'll be at the Canadian Pavilion and, and the speaking uh, event, which is going to be really exciting, which is really sort of the next level for simulation is going to be on the October 24th at 4 p.m. Um, I will share with you the details so that it's a little easier to find, not just me <laughs> saying it out loud. No, but it's really nice to I think share some of the things that we're quite passionate about and you know Alan and I talk a lot to external customers and you know Alan does of course a lot of requirements and I think people we end up talking to are, are very passionate about people's success and so they only want things that make things safer and happier for their team members and so it's it's a nice place to be um we had a, a, a guy tell us that he had never touched an excavator in his life. And he actually, he, you know, he's been director at this company for a long time, never touched a piece of equipment in this construction business. And uh, so he actually did our excavator uh, simulation for a couple of weeks and went through all of the paces and the exercise. And he said he actually was able to get on an actual excavator and dig a trench properly and had never actually touched a piece of equipment before. So these are very reaffirming types of stories that just make it a, a nice place to, to hang out and to hear these great stories. And, and thank you so much for, for letting us share our perspective on things. Well, I wanna thank both of you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, as a reminder to our listeners, Krista's article is now available in the October-November issue of Incident Prevention, which can be accessed online at incident-prevention.com. Until next time, stay safe and be well. The views, information, and opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of utility business media and its employees. It is strongly recommended that you discuss any actions or policy changes with your company management prior to implementation. 